Welcome to another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yalbron, lead pastor of One Community Church located in El Dorado, Arkansas. For information about the ministry of Pastor Jason or One Community Church, please visit our website at occeldorado.com. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching One Community Church El Dorado. If you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter 1. I'm going to try my best to complete this little two-part series that we started next weekend entitled, No Defeat, We Win. Everybody say that. No defeat, we win. So today I'm going to try to stick a little closer to the outline. Uh, I I don't have to, and I don't know exactly what the Lord will do. Uh, We may stray from that. We'll see how the Holy Spirit moves in this service today. But um, I, I would like to finish. My heart is to finish. I need to finish because I've got a big series coming starting next weekend on the book of Acts, and I'm super excited about that series, so I'm anticipating that, uh, ready for that, and so we want to we get into that. But we'll see where the Lord takes us today, and obviously we're following Him. Last weekend, uh, we, we started this message, and man, I'm telling you, the anointing was so strong in here. It was just amazing. Uh, I listen to, I don't typically listen to my stuff. I don't like to listen to my stuff. But I listened to the message last weekend. I was, in, I was in my backyard. I was on my back patio. And I needed to pick me up. And I don't know why I chose to listen to myself, but I did. <laughs> Normally that would not be a pick me up. But I listened to myself and I listened to that message. And I'm telling you, I got so excited. I wanted to run around the yard And I had thoughts of jumping over the fence. I was so excited. Like when I got done to that message, it fired me up. And I thought, no, you haven't tried to jump a fence in 20 years. I don't think you need to try that. But it it was good. If you haven't heard it, go to our YouTube channel. It came out at 8 a.m. this morning. Uh, More and more people. I looked on there this morning. Uh, We are another subscriber. I mean, it's just one after the other. Uh, Pastor D., uh, I don't think he's in the room. I think he's counting. But I, uh, he told me about two months ago. So this was the, so we're we're behind now. So no telling what that number is now. So two months ago, from January to then, we had fifteen thousand views on YouTube. Fifteen thousand, not fifteen hundred. Fifteen thousand views. Can we give the Lord a hand clap for that? And while you're hand clapping, let's welcome the YouTube. All of those that are watching online, come on, keep clapping for them. We welcome you. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of our service here at One Community. I'm telling you, God is moving in this place. So let's get after it. We'll get to Psalm 1 here in just a moment. Uh, Let's kind of do some catch-me-up, some intro, and then we'll kind of jump in, and I have some points at the very end. Uh, Last week, we gave you some little catchy stuff, some catchy phrases. One of those is, what you don't resist has the right to remain. What you don't resist has the right to remain. Here's another one. What you don't confront, you will never conquer. What you don't confront, you will never conquer. Well, teenagers will just be teenagers. No, I confront rebellion. I confront disobedience. Amen? I confront anything that comes against my home, anything that comes against my marriage, anything that comes against my children, anything that comes against my church. I confront it. So what you don't confront, you will never conquer. Can I hear an amen? Amen. 
James chapter 4 talks about life is like a vapor. Why do we keep allowing the devil to, to have big chunks of seasons of our life? Why do we keep allowing the devil to take big chunks, big chunks of seasons out of our life? We're allowing the enemy to take these seasons from our life, and he gets us so focused on a, a certain event or something that happened that what, what it ends up happening is we are someone left or someone walked away or something happened, and we're so focused on them that we can't enjoy the people who love us that are right in front of us. Amen? So we're so focused on who left, but we're not looking at who's still there. Amen? And so with that, what happens is the devil comes in and he steals chunks of seasons of our life. And James says life is like a vapor. Life, in other words, is too short to allow the enemy to steal chunks of seasons of our lives. And that's what the enemy does. God called us to be fruitful in every season of our life. Even if you're older, God has still called you. If there is breath in your body, there is a reason you're still here. Everything in this world will tell you the opposite. Every commercial is about sickness, debt, and death. Every commercial, everything you see, everything in this culture is geared towards sickness, debt, and death. You're watching TV, you're minding your own business, you're trying to watch a show to relax, and there will be a commercial that comes on It says, are you a male over 50? And every time I hear something like that, I go, none of your business. Do you have frequent trips to the bathroom? Well, I, I don't have a, a clipboard beside the commode where I'm logging how often I go to the bathroom. Do y'all see how the world is geared towards that? It's geared towards sickness, debt, and death. After you leave here today, you're going to get anywhere from 120 to 140 hours a week getting you to expect trouble depending on how much you sleep. Everything in this world, 120 to 140 hours a week to get you to expect bad things happening to you. Think about that. Then somebody like Joshua and Caleb, y'all remember those guys? They stand up and tell you different. By the way, all Joshua and Caleb did was repeat what the Bible says. And the people talked about stoning them. Think about that. They were quoting what the Bible said, and the people wanted to stone them. No different today. There's no difference today. I can preach a nice little 20-minute sermon a non-controversial sermon. I can do that. I know how to do that. I can get up here and just, you know, give you a little bit of religion and send you on your way. I can say things like, how many of you know, things don't always work out. How many of you know, we pray for things that don't come true. Sickness and trouble come to us all, but we have to trust him. Amen. God bless you. Have a good week. All you got to do is look up discouragingsermons.com. And that's what happens. Churches are the kings of getting us not to expect anything. 
Religion is a king of getting you not to expect anything. No, we read this book right here. This book is so powerful that every government that wants to enslave people has to pass laws to ban this book. Because once this book gets in your heart, come on church, come on, clap for him. Clap for the word of God. And here's why. Because once this book gets in your heart, nobody can make you a victim anymore. And nobody can keep you bound. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am blessed going in and I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. Come on, church. Amen. Listen to Proverbs 4. He said, attend to my word for it is life to you. Everybody say life. Not death, not discouragement, not depression. It is life to you. Victory in life is not a function of luck, good attitude, positive vibes. No, it is a blood covenant that we have with Almighty God. So are you all in Psalm 1? Let's look at Psalm chapter 1 and let's read verses 1 through 3. I'm getting way too excited too quick here. Here we go. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. The advice of who? Or stand around with who? Or join in with? But here's the difference. But they delight in the law of the Lord. What is the law of the Lord? The Bible, the Word of God. Meditating on, meditating on it day and... They are like a... Planted along the riverbanks, bearing fruit in some seasons... How many seasons? Their leaves never, and they live in poverty in all they do. They will what? Prosper in all they do. Is prosperity in the Bible? I think so. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Do. Is that what the Word of God says? Listen to Isaiah 40, verse 8 in the New Living. It says, The grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of our God stands forever. It stands for how long? So is the Word of God as alive today as it was when David the psalmist wrote Psalm 1? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do y'all remember this song in, in Sunday school? The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the what? The, the B-I-B-L-E. It's why evil government officials have their crosshairs on this book. But you can't keep it down. Amen. Last weekend, we started with Joshua 1 and Psalm 1. You ought to look at them and compare the two. They're they're parallel to each other. They almost say the same exact thing. And you will prosper in everything you do. Is that what we just read? So in other words, as a child of God, whatever I touch is blessed. Not cursed, it is blessed. Say this with me. In every season, 
I bear fruit. Come on, say it again. In every season, I bear fruit. Not some seasons, every season. Now say this, my leaves never wither. So listen to this verse in Deuteronomy 28, verse 7, New Living. Though your enemy attacks you in one direction, I will make them run or scatter in seven directions. Amen. That's why we, at, at one community, that's why we don't attack people in this church. And we don't have to attack people. We don't have to defend ourselves from anybody. No. The Lord fights our battles. Jesus said, and the Word of God says, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And He said, I will repay. Everybody say, I will repay. He didn't say, vengeance is mine, I won't repay. He said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Do y'all believe the Lord will repay? Do you believe you have to do it? I'm going to tell you right now, you don't do it. You don't do it. You let God fight your battles for you. Amen? So the Bible says in Ephesians 6, I get Ephesians 6 and 4 sometimes, I mix those up. But Ephesians 6 says, we do not war against flesh and blood. In other words, our fight is not against human beings. Our fight is against principalities and rulers of darkness in high places. Okay? But I want to teach you something as your pastor. Principalities need personalities. Principalities need personalities to operate through. But that still doesn't mean we're fighting a human that means we're still fighting a spirit that is behind the human. Okay? But our fight is not against the human. Our fight is against principalities and powers in high places. It's called spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay? I like to think of it as this. Systems of evil that we're fighting against. So one community, if you haven't figured it out, you will figure it out. We're not, a, we're not just a little religious 30-minute little sermon and a poem and send you on your, on your way, okay? That's not what we're about here. We're, about, we're a church that's about pushing back systems of evil. And we fight systems of evil. There is all kinds of systems of evil. Sickness in, in America, in America has become, sickness in America has become a thing. It is a multi-billion dollar business. Why? They want us sick. They want us weak. They want us fearful. That's what the powers that be, the principalities, we're talking about not humans, principalities, but, but principalities need personalities. And so we're fighting systems of evil, and I believe the church in America, and this one as well, we're pushing back evil. Did y'all know we're pushing back evil in El Dorado? Did you know there are spirits and principalities in this city that we're warring against and we're pushing against, and it's uncomfortable to push against that stuff. This, this city, I've lived here, uh, you know, been a part of this city, lived here or worked here my entire life. There is a religious spirit in this church, or not this church, praise God, I rebuke that, no. There is a religious spirit in this city is what I'm trying to say. And we're pushing back those principalities. But I'm telling you, there's all kinds of systems of evil. Where, and, and these systems of evil and these principalities that have personalities, the personalities, there is a money trail somewhere. And if you break that power over people, there's no longer the money anymore. 
And so they're going to do everything they can to keep those principalities, those evil, that systems of evil going because they want you sick, they want you drunk, they want you high. That's part of the systems of evil, by the way. That's what their attempt is. Because that, and I'm not talking about them as a person, I'm talking about systems of evil. Are y'all following me? I don't know how I got off on that. But there are systems of evil. Everybody say systems of evil. But God said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Say this, never mistake a challenge for a defeat. That was pretty good, I think we can do better. Say it again, never mistake a challenge for a defeat. Did y'all know the devil is a great threatener, but he is a poor executioner? The devil is a great threatener, but he's a poor executioner. What do I do, pastor? You call his bluff. Call his bluff. Do what David did when he heard Goliath defying the armies of Israel. When David heard Goliath defiling the armies of Israel, he said, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, no, 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 you're not doing that. He said, no, no, no. He said, you come at me with a sword and a spear, but he said, I come at you in the name of the Lord. And he took that giant down, didn't he? Daniel in the lion's den. If you keep praying, we'll throw you in the lion's den. Let them try and see what happens. (laughs) And we know what happened to Daniel. He was safe in the lion's den. God shut the mouth of the lions. Is that right? Somehow this attitude of this is our land and what God said is ours is ours never got translated to the Gentiles. The Jews have this. Us Gentiles, we never understood this, but yet Romans says that we've been grafted in, and Galatians 3 that we read to you last weekend says we as Gentiles are heirs of the promise of Abraham. We live under the Abrahamic blessing. So everything that God told them that they could have, we can have. Are y'all with me? It's spiritual ground. Everybody say spiritual ground. And guess what? We take spiritual ground. So we're talking about systems of evil, and we're talking about pushing back evil. That's what we're doing spiritually speaking. We're taking ground. We're gaining ground. We're pushing back. That's what we're doing. And guess what? When we take spiritual ground, the first place we take spiritual ground is in our homes. It's in our families. That's the first spiritual ground. So we go home and we say, this is the Lord's house. This is the Lord's family. This is the Lord's marriage. This is the Lord's children. And we take that home as spiritual ground. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Write this down. You cannot curse what God blesses. You can't curse what God blesses. Say this, in every season, we bear fruit. Come on, say it again. In every season, we bear fruit. In every industry, in every business, there is a saying. And you know it, and you're going to bear witness to this. Wherever you work, there is a saying, and depending on what industry or vocation you're in, there is a certain time of the year they will call the slow part of the year, depending on what you do for a living. So if you're in construction, they'll say the winter months are the slow time. So there's always this, this time or this season that they all talk about, you know, and, and um, you know, no one buys anything this time of year. We don't do things this time of year. We cut back this time of the year. And, and they'll do that in churches. But this text didn't say in some seasons he will bless you. It says he will bless you in 
every season. Is that right? And I hear this even with, with church. Well, pastor, when, the, when it's winter, the roads are bad. In the spring, everyone goes to the lake and starts playing t-ball and baseball. In the summer, everybody's on vacation. In the fall, everyone's going back to school and playing football. Well, when would you like to have church? I don't, I, don't, I don't buy into that. And here's why. Because I just watched this summer our attendance go up. In the middle of July. In the middle of August. I watched our attendance records go up. I saw finances go up in the middle of the summer. I had other pastors telling me, we're hurting. I'm like, Look, we're being blessed. Why? Because in every season I will bear fruit. Can I hear an amen? In every, everybody say every season. Watch this. You get what you expect. You will get what you expect. Where other people see limitations, you see possibilities. When other people are selling their equipment, you're buying their equipment for pennies on the dollar. When other people are tossing their stocks out, you're buying them up. You see increase when everybody else is focused on fear. Say this, I don't have fear. I have faith. Come on, say it again. I don't have fear. I have faith. Well, we all have dry seasons. I don't. I have wet seasons. I have blessed seasons. It's called the former and the latter rain coming together. Come on, church. That's what it's called. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed in January. I am blessed in February. I am blessed in March. I am blessed in April. Can I get anybody to preach with me today? When you get a hold to this, you will never, watch what I'm about to say. When you get a hold to this blessing that we read about in Psalm 1 and last week in Joshua 1, you will never have a better last year for the rest of your life. You will never have a better last year for the rest of your life. And every year when the year ends, you're going to go, man, that was the best year I ever had. And when January rolls around the next year, you're going to go, man, that was the best year I ever had. And they just keep getting better. Come on. They keep getting better. Not worse, but better. You get what you expect. I I pulled up. Now, this was about a month ago, which tells me it's all rigged. A month ago. On my homepage, I went to pull up my emails, and I pulled up my email, and on the, the home screen, it says, get ready, COVID is coming back. And it was so ironic to me, because the day before I read where Visor stocks were down. And I said, well, it's got to come back, because they got to make money. I'm thinking about going back there and preaching. Are y'all with me? They make money, lots of money off of us. They, you know what? Fear sells. Fear sells. Anxiety sells. Y'all with me? Say, I'm blessed. Come on, say it. Everybody say this no valleys. Y'all remember last week I said I I was frustrated because this statement does not set well in my spirit. Well, you can't stay on the mountaintops. you got to go back to the valleys. That's not even true geographically. (laughs) Think about that. 
That's not even true geographically. Mountains have peaks, multiple peaks. And so there is so much nonsense, and we get what we say. We get what we say. The Bible says in Psalm 84, come on, let's read it. Let's put this up. Psalm 84, verse 7. They go from strength to weakness. No, 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 they being us, they go from, they go to strength from strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. Zion represents the house of God. Is this the house of God? Are you the house of God? So if you're the house of God and you're in the house of God and you're a part of the house of God and you're connected to the house of God, then you don't go from strength to weakness. You go from strength to strength. Come on, church. Man, that's good stuff. Zion is God's house. Now let's read 8410. Put that up. Psalm 8410. Do we have that one? For a day in thy courts, talking about the house of God, is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Come on. Amen. Let me ask you. Why did they concentrate so much during COVID on the church? Think about it. Didn't hear anything about Buddhist temple regulations. You didn't hear anything about Islamic regulations. Why? They can't stop praying to their God. But they wanted us to quit praying to our God, capital G. They wanted us to quit meeting together. Amen? Think about that. It's not my idea to go to church. It's God's idea. God meant for us to come together believing, not unbelieving, and singing praises to God and sit under anointed preaching and teaching. God is a living God, and we're not worshiping a statue somewhere in the past. Our God is a living God. Come on, let's give God a hand clap for that. Amen. Amen. And I just want to clarify something. I'm not saying COVID is not real. COVID is a real disease. It happened. Happened to me twice. I'm not denying that. And Jesus didn't die for make-believe diseases. But that is a disease like any other disease. And if God can heal one disease, he can heal another disease. Okay? But I will tell you this. What happened during COVID was this. Christians went to sleep. And what we didn't realize is, and thank God we live in the awesome state of Arkansas, and I'm so grateful for that, but there were other states, other brothers and sisters that lived in, in other states in America, and they were doing things in that government that was against the law. I mean against the Constitution of the United States of America. I mean, they were doing things even in businesses that was against the law, and the church was lulled asleep by it. Guys, I mean, when they start coming into your business and telling you how many employees you can have, we're one step away from communism. We're one step away from communism. And so that's what was happening during this time, is the church was being lulled to sleep. And and I'm going to tell you, it is time. I, I don't know how I got off on this. But you know, 
I don't know what the status is now, but it's something. This this is some. It's a big number, but let's just say a hundred. They say a hundred million Christians, if that's true. A hundred million Christians are in the United States, and we've got about. I don't know. I'm just throwing out made up numbers here, but it's it's pretty comparison, a pretty good comparison. But you got about three million that do all the hollering and screaming. And the squeaky wheel gets all the grease. And the hundred million Christians just back up and say, well, we got to love everybody. We got to turn the other cheek. Well, listen to me. I, I'm not against not loving people. I just said our fight is not against people. But God has called us to push back evil. Push back evil. Push back evil. Expose evil. What I don't confront, I will never conquer. Amen? Praise God. Church is God's idea. So when you show up in his house, there is life here. I said there is life here. There is something happening here. I I talked to a young man the other day. Not the same young man I shared his testimony last week, but another young man. There's there's endless stories that I hear here. And a young man told me the other day, he said, from the moment we pulled up here the first time at One Community, when we got out of our car in the parking lot, he said, I felt something. I felt something. And when I walked in the door, he said, I felt something. And when I come into the worship center, he said, I felt something. He said, I didn't know what was happening, but there was something happening. And I said, that's the reason why that is, is because there's life here. There's anointing here. There's a flow here. The presence of God is here. Amen. People get set free here. You can't make a habit of sitting under anointed preaching and teaching and remain the same way you came in. It is impossible. Psalm 84 verse 11. Let's go to verse 11 and see what it says. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord God will grace and glory. Will grace and glory. No good thing will He. No good thing. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. What did He say? No good what thing. Everybody say it again. No good thing. Is poverty good? Is sickness good? Is depression good? He said, No good thing will I withhold. Everybody say, No valleys. Proverbs 4, verses 18 and 19. Do we have that? Proverbs 4. But the path of the just as as, as the shining light that shineth more and more until the perfect day. This is saying when you live for God, you shine brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. That means at 50 and 60 and 70 and 80, I'm going to be stronger than I was in my 20s and my 30s and my 40s. I'm going to keep shining brighter and brighter and brighter. Can I hear an amen? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Come on, give him a big hand clap. Praise God. Praise God. Listen to what I'm about to say. You can't sell medication to strong people. You can't sell medication to strong people. Can I hear an amen? The world wants you focused on weakness. Come on, say it with me one more time. No defeat. We win. Did you know some people are addicted to defeat? They're addicted to defeat. What about Job, Pastor? That's my, I love that. I love that. I love it when people answer that way. 
What about Job? Y'all know who I'm talking about? Job in the Bible. <laughs> I'm getting amused. I really wonder. I, I don't want to be ugly or rude, but I sometimes just want to say backs to people, back to people, do you read the Bible? Did you read the book of Job? Because do you realize that everything that happened to Job took about 18 months? <clears throat> do you know how long Job lived? To be 100 and something years old. So you take 18 months compared to his lifetime. And the Bible says that at the end of Job, it says God gave him double for his trouble. Can I hear an amen? Everybody say, read the whole Bible. What the devil meant for evil, God turned for his good. I'm going to say something. Don't build your theology on the worst season of your life. Don't build your theology on the worst season of your life because you're not going to stay in that season long. Write this down. When the devil starts messing, the Lord starts blessing. <laughs> when the devil starts messing, the Lord starts blessing. Or we could say it like this. When the Lord starts blessing, the devil starts messing. Amen. Job received double. That's not some random number. That's, a, that's biblical law. And if you don't believe me, read Isaiah 61.7. Everybody shout out double. double. Write this down. Don't take advice from people who look like they've been baptized in pickle juice. Hey, hallelujah. I'm feeling the laughing spirit coming in here. Don't take advice from people who look like they've been baptized in pickle juice. Let me tell you something. The Lord will make the devil sorry he messed with you. You know, I got amused about this. I get, is it all right to laugh at yourself? Like, I get amused at my, the thoughts that come through my head. The other night I told the devil, I said, I, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Like, Alicia and I have gotten to where the devil attacks us so much, it's laughable. Like, we just laugh. We used to cry, now we laugh. Like, I mean, hilariously laugh. Because the enemy attacks us so much. Like, there's so much warfare we're doing all the time. And I'm like, we just, we just laugh. We hear things. I heard something the other day about me in this church I had never heard before. I've heard some good ones. I'd never heard that. <laughs> and when I heard what they said, somebody said about us, I just laughed. Like, belly laugh. Uncontrollable laugh. I'm not making this up. I was laughing. I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. But what was I doing? I was laughing at the devil. You know what I told the devil? I said, when you go to bed at night, you're going to look under the bed to see if I'm there. You are so scared of me. Hey man, everybody, everybody shout out double. Everybody say he's going to pay back double. Did you know you can go as high as you want to go with the Lord? He said, we will soar on wings of eagles. Life and death is in the power of whose tongue? Your own tongue. Everybody say, it's in my tongue. 
That's why all this, this, this weekend and this sermon and last Sunday's sermon, I got you to declare things. Why do I keep getting you to repeat things? Because I'm wanting you to speak life. I'm going to tell you right now, the next few years are going to be the best years for the gospel of the kingdom that we've ever experienced. I'm prophesying that in the name of Jesus. Our best years are right ahead of us. We're going to raise the roof off this thing. I'm telling you, God is fixing to do some things in these next few years. He's going to accelerate. What used to take 10 years is going to take three years right now. I'm telling you, God is fixing to move. Come on, can we give him a hand for that? I believe that. That thing that's supposed to make you decrease will actually make you increase. Thank God. I think he's holding back that clock. Because I keep looking up there going, i got all kinds of time to preach. (laughs) This is awesome. So I'm going to just preach. Let me say that again. The thing that is supposed to make you decrease will actually make you increase. Did you know that's what happened here? This church right here, I'm going to say it again because the YouTube audience, the online audience didn't hear this. This church don't just believe in miracles. We are a miracle. Listen, people people told us when we started doing this and we came together and we bought this building, they said, don't you go to that south side of town. It's kind of sketchy over there. That building over there is a dead end. And for five years, we've been climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing. We've been increasing when they said we would decrease. You know, I get tickled. I'm I'm not making fun of anybody, but I get tickled at religious folk. I run into them all the time, religious folk in this city. And for the life of them, they don't even know what category to put us in. They don't even know what to, they don't know what to do with us. And they ask some of the, you can tell by the questions that they ask you, like they're puzzled by this. Because this doesn't make sense here. It makes sense here in my spirit. Amen? Some practical things real quick. Let me give you some points. How do you make sure no defeat we win? Well, I've already shared with you twice and last Sunday and today. Number one, write this down. Here's your points. Never mistake a challenge, number one, for a defeat. Just because someone says something doesn't mean it's true no matter who they are. Let me say that. Just because someone says something doesn't make it, make it true. Just because I read it online does not make it true. Just because I heard it on the news doesn't make it true. Just because I heard it on CNN doesn't make it true. They don't want me on CNN. They better not ever interview me on CNN. I'm going to rip them a new one. Amen? Just because someone says something doesn't mean it's true. It doesn't become true until it plants in my mind and it produces something. And what it normally produces is fear and worry. Amen? So a lot of people are going to say stuff, but it doesn't make it true. And here's the thing. People talk all the time. People are going to say stuff, just get ready. The, the, the more this church increases and the more this church blessed, there'll be more people rise up against it and talk about us. And they're going to say all kinds of things. It doesn't mean it's true. You're going to hear things. It doesn't mean it's true. 
And what you should do, if you're mature in the Lord, you ought to go to the other party and ask their version. Because this person is telling a version of truth. Doesn't mean it's the whole truth. It's their version of the truth. Can I hear an amen? Number two, write this down. Change backward thinking to forward thinking. Change backward thinking to forward thinking. Never base your life on, the greatest, on your greatest tragedy. The loss of a child, a divorce, a bankruptcy. Know that happened, but I'm going to have what God's Word says I can have. Amen. Thank you for those amens. Here's number three. Decisions determine destiny. Everybody say, decisions determine destiny. A change of season is always one action away. Taking action. Everybody say action. Do you know giving is action? If you don't like what you're eating, change the seed you're sowing. Make a move. Everybody say make a move. Did you know you're in the driver's seat? You're in the driver's seat. And here's something else. Don't use prayer as an excuse for disobedience. Don't use prayer for an excuse for disobedience. Christians have become kings and queens of saying, I'm praying about it. I'm praying about it. No, I take action and I start moving in that direction. Doesn't mean I have to jump full force into it, but I'm moving. If the God told me something, I'm moving in that direction. Does that make sense? Here's number four. Cling to Christ, cling to His Word, and cling to His house. Cling to Christ, cling to His Word, and cling to His house. Don't let anything stop you from His Word or His house. If you want this, if you want these big words right here, don't ever let anything stop you from Christ, His Word, or His house. Did you know the devil doesn't get you out of his house? He doesn't get you to stop coming to church with fit and all and strip clubs. No, it never starts that way. You know how it starts? It starts with a championship baseball game. It starts with a birthday party that, ironically enough, has to be on Sunday because that's the only time we can all get together. Or it's my only day off. Well, you're not too interested in this. Can I hear an amen? It's the little things that make you think you're not choosing hell. Let me say that again. It's the little things that make you think you're not choosing hell. The Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. 168 hours in a week, and if you can't carve out three to be in God's house, how can you call Him your God? Think about it. While I'm stepping on toes, I'll just keep stepping. I hear people say, well, I don't know what happened to my kids. I I raised them in church. You did? Really? Well, they get about eight hours a day of school. And no telling the nonsense they're being, that's being pumped into them there. They spend 
no, there's count. I would, I don't even dare to know how many hours they spend on TikTok and Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that. Think about all the hours your kids are doing something. And you really want to make that statement you raised them in church? I mean, if you're a really faithful person, you may have had them here three hours a week. So I think we need to kind of change that verbiage. I raised my kids in church. I don't think so. Are y'all following me? Everybody say, Christ, His Word, and His house. You know what? It's hard to go to hell in a church like this. It is hard to go to hell in a church like this. Here's number five. Don't be a Jonah. Don't be a Jonah. We have a Jonah, a boy named Jonah over here. He's a good guy. You like, you like, we need to be like this guy. He's a good one. But I'm talking about Jonah in the Bible. Doesn't matter how anointed you are if you're on a boat headed out of the will of God. It doesn't matter how anointed you are if you're on a boat headed out of the will of God. Write this down. You will never be so anointed that you can't get out of the will of God. You will never be so anointed that you cannot get out of God's will. If you, and I'm going to say some hard things, but please bear with me. If you have Jonah's on your boat, throw them overboard. If you have Jonah's on your boat, throw them overboard. How can you get in a boat and go where God is taking you with people that are not going where you're going? If the sea is choppy, there is a problem. If the sea is always choppy, there's a problem. If the sea is always rocky and rough, something is wrong. That means somebody's on the boat that shouldn't be on the boat. Let me ask you a question. Who is around you? Who are you letting speak into you? What kind of influences are you listening to? Can I hear an amen? Write this down. You can't pray people forward when they're committed to going backwards. You cannot pray people forward when they're committed to going backwards. I'm closing, I think. (laughs) Pastor D, come on. Here's number six. Get rid of sin. Everybody say get rid of sin. Instead of sin getting rid of you, you get rid of sin. Instead of sin getting rid of you, you get rid of sin. If you don't deal with sin, sin will deal with you. Sin destroys everything it touches. Adultery, fornication, alcohol. Alcohol causes problems. It impairs decision making. And some of us don't need any more help with decision making that's wrong uncontrolled anger all of these stem from substances the bible says the wages of sin is what it's what death not life it's death and i believe some people have one or two areas i know this i said this in freedom class the other night i'm leading a freedom group this semester and i said this and we talked about this so all my freedom guys we talked about this but there, it seems to be there's areas that we do real well with, with, and there are other areas that we don't do well with. 
There's some areas that we're good at surrendering to God, and there's other areas that we don't do so good at surrendering to God. Amen? There are some things that that we do well, and there's other things that are temptations for us. It's like the devil has you on a chain, and every time you start thinking about getting free, he tugs that chain, and he tries to remind you of who you are. And he reminds you of the sin. And he reminds you of the addiction and how good it is. And he's like a, a, you're like a dog on a chain. And every time you think you can get loose, he tugs at that chain. But I want to tell you today, God can break the chain. He can break the chain off of you. He can break the chain off your marriage. He can break the chain off of those hard, difficult, knothead kids of yours. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Oh, man, I feel the Lord. Come on, lift your hands in here. God, break every chain in this room. Break every chain in this room. Every person in this room that there is a chain attached of sin. God, break that chain today. Would you do it, Lord? Break it. Let it start today in the hearts of your people. Let it happen today, God. Let it happen today. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Stand to your feet. Come on, guys. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Come on, say this nice and loud so the devil can hear you. No defeat. We win. One more time. No defeat. We win. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Do it, Lord. 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 God, every tongue that rises up against us, let it cleave to the roof of their mouth. Every tongue that would come against us. In the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody in here worshiping Him right now. Everybody worshiping Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Two ways to live. Number one, God's way. And number two, your way, which is difficult. And your way has a price tag. And the price tag is called depression, anxiety, Sin brings pain. And it, not just, it doesn't just hurt you, it hurts everybody around you. But God can set you free. I want you guys to tell the devil, me and you are done permanently. Me and you are done permanently. I am tired of you. You are gone in Jesus' name. tired of it. That's it. Nothing works until you turn your back on sin. And today we can change your life and your kid's life forever with one decision. With one decision, we can change your entire life and your kid's life by you making one decision to follow Jesus. Joshua 24, 15, Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's not some American version of Christianity. 
America's version of Christianity is so goofed up. It's so strayed from the Bible and the Word of God. All the devil has to do is to get you to put off. But the Bible says to put this off. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. Do it today. Do it today. Do it today. If you, this is for you, if you say, Pastor Jay, this is for me. This is for my house. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up in this room. Slip your hand up. No one looking at you, just you and God. Slip your hand up. This is for me. Everybody say, this is for me. I want you to pray this prayer so God can hear you. And most of all, so you can hear yourself say this prayer. I want to ask the worship team, Alicia and your, your team, if you would come. And I want us to cue up that, that song, What He's Done. And we're going to go out of here today singing this song, What God Has Done. And as they're coming, as they're making their way to the platform, as we're about to worship, before we do that, right there where you're standing, with heads bowed and eyes closed, Nobody looking around, nobody leaving if all possible. You can hold off that bathroom for just a few more moments. Serve team, stay right where you are. Don't be a disruption. I want everybody in this room to pray this prayer because somebody's getting set free in this room today. I said somebody's going to get set free in the name of Jesus. Pray this prayer nice and loud. Let God hear you and let yourself hear you. Say this, God, I give you my life. Come on, say it again. God, I give you my life. I repent of my sins. I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. By the blood of Jesus, I am forgiven and I am free. I am not on a chain anymore. I am free in the name of Jesus. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I rebuke the enemy. I rebuke what he's telling me. I am not depressed anymore. I am filled with joy again. My home is full of joy. My marriage is full of joy. My workplace is full of joy. Say this, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on, say it again. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Everybody say it one more time and we'll close out this series. No defeat, we win. Now I want you to raise the roof with a hand clap of praise. Come on, praise Him, right? Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to join us next week for another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yarbrough and One Community Church of El Dorado.